All right, so this is the first interview that I'm I'm doing. Gosh, I don't even remember. I think Jason, Jason Usry, he was a screenwriter and uh, down in Savannah. He is a screenwriter in Savannah. Was the last one I did, and that was like right before the COVID nineteen outbreak. And so, and then, and then there's been a, a hard pause because I decided on the show to get more particular uh about the guests that i've been having on and and i want people that that have aligned and shared beliefs and values so that way the message that that we're sending out from this show is consistent and this beautiful thing happened i've i've heard of these events taking place where people connect over instagram and stuff like that and i actually saw i i started talking with steve who is married to my cousin and and we we just i don't even remember exactly how it started but we we started you know talking about our core beliefs and core values and stuff and just kind of messaging back and forth and it was uh it was really great it's it's great to have somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of and and to see that other people are kind of operating in the same space and so um in 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 light of that uh to give a background the best the best person to give the background on 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 Steve is probably the man himself, and so. <laughs> Without further ado, okay. yeah, my my man. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks again for making this connection happen. I know I saw your stuff on there a while. You know, you were doing some random, you know, podcasts. I saw you doing. It. I thought it was great. You know, I got a buddy who does that here locally, um, out of Omaha. Um, a few times I've been on his show. He just kind of does. It's called What's Up Omaha, where it's just a lot of. Hey, he gets people like small business owners. He gets mainly small business owners. And, you know, people like in my real estate's kind of put me onto that. So leading and I am a real estate agent here locally. You know, it's kind of my career profession industry of choice. <laughs> Had a lot of background in the title aspect of it. And I kind of joined the real estate portion of it about going into my sixth year now. So uh, father, husband, you know, all the hit all the check boxes for all the important life responsibilities, you know, right. trying to be career focused as well as family man, you know, and prioritize everything and kind of keep it, keep it together <laughs> in this crazy world we're in right now. Yeah. Um, we've kind of, I think it's more important now to, I think to connect with people like this um, just because you physically can't be around people as much as normal, mm-hmm. you know, with traveling and stuff like that. So this is great that, you get to do this and kind of have opportunity to talk to adults rather than, you know, you spend a lot of time with your kids. Right. You, you need some adult interaction just to kind of, what's the old saying? Iron sharpens iron. So right. you can kind of keep a, the likeness mindedness actually of what, um, what you're trying to stay on the path. So I'm glad you're able to have me on and glad it worked. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm happy that we're both able to carve out some time. I know it's not happening exactly when, <laughs> <laughs> plan, but it's okay. Thus is life. It's okay. Um, yes. No. So that's one of the things that really interested me was is kind of your the work life balance because there's so much going on and especially for all of us in this day and age. But before we really right. dive into that, the, the one I wanted to get a little bit of background. So you said you've been you've been in for six years, but I don't walk me into how did this become the thing? Like where were you at before this, and what kind of drew you to being interested even in doing this as a career? Sure. Uh, 
I was kind of the, the guy who had no direction. You know, I was out of high school. You know, I really didn't think college was for me. So I kind of jumped in the workforce, you know, here and there, jump hopped around, really had no, no guidance, no direction on what I want to do with my life. So I, I've ended up getting this job at a title company and I kind of saw the industry opportunity. Uh, so I was doing small things here and there. And as I kind of gained some knowledge and industry perspective, you know, I thought what really solidified it was buying my first house and seeing that process with working with that agent, you know, just, I, I've realized I knew more than I thought I knew. And I realized I could really probably help people who didn't have as much experience and knowledge I did. So, um, I was really hands-on with the transaction for my own purchase, like whether it's with the lender, with the agents, with the you know title company and things like that. So once that kind of went down, I was like, I can do this, you know, this, I can do this, you know? And so it kind of got me on the path of piqued my interest. So I kind of dove into a little bit, found out education requirements, which are very in the state of Nebraska, they're, they're not much. It's like two, two classes you got to take of a certain credit hours. Um, and then, but there's a lot of thoroughness, which is what I like background check. You get fingerprinted, you know, you get the whole nine, uh, then you got to apply for a license, take a test, you know, that was tough. That was yeah. like you know, a state and a national and it's about, I think two and a half, three hours per test that Ooh. they allot for. <laughs> and, a lot of just terminology and knowledge and, you know, some math and, you know, a scenario based situation. So my background, especially, so how old are you when you're going into this, into that, that specific testing? Sure. That was right when my, I would say it was probably August, August of 13, I would say about August of 13 is when I really was when I was at the testing portion of it. Cause like uh, there's the local school of real estate here, like that's their specialty. And also like there's continued education. So you're always having to make, stay on top of your degree and credentials. Um, it's an ever evolving industry. So um, at that, at that point, did you have, did you have any sort of method um, that you knew that worked for you when it came to like the, the like the methodology of studying? Like, how did, did you have, like, right. did you understand yourself well enough to know how you needed to study in order to prepare for that test or were there like good yeah. resources? How did that all work out? Yeah. Good question. The, uh, it did. Uh, you take the classes and then they also have a, an exam prep course that I took. It was like a Saturday for about six hours. It was extra on top of the tuition that you paid. Um, but it what was nuts about it is throughout the whole classes, they didn't do anything to prepare you for the, the state side. They kind of gave you the national. Oh, so wow. there's state specific that were pertaining to this exam prep course. So you had to take that, which was, it was fine. I gave up a Saturday, but they give you study guide materials. I'm an avid note taker, you know, not detailed, but very highlight. I can have a really good memory, you know, when it comes to um, understanding, Understanding terminologies, I can just jot down a few things that really kind of connect the dots. So I'm not, you know, fiercely, you know, trying to scribble everything the instructor says, you know. Uh, it's so, crazy and, how the, the type of difference that makes because I remember, I remember the actual process of figuring that out for me. Mm -hmm. Because I remember I would, I was, 
oh, I, th- I want to say I was in high school and I was finally like, school had come relatively easily for me and, uh, and high school hit and it was very, it was very challenging um, in some, in some of the specific topics. I don't remember probably biology and, uh, and I'm, and I'm there and I'm taking notes and I'm, and I'm finding myself doing that. And I'm like, I, this isn't work. Like fe- feverishly writing down. <laughs> I was like, I can't keep up. I can't keep a pace. No. And so I remember then trying multiple different ways of taking notes. I did some keyword notes. And I remember, I remember looking back at my notes some days afterwards and being like, what in the world was I trying to say? Like, I know that this made sense when I wrote it down. Even looking at the words, I remember having the feeling of understanding while it was happening, but it's not, the recall's not there. So it, t- it took a while and it took, it took repetition to find to find my way in. But yeah, that's a very, it's a very real thing. It's very important that you, that you had that going into it, but also the, just the decision because that, that class wasn't required, right? It was additional money and additional time. Right. Absolutely. That, that's it was, choice. Yeah. You know, and that's why I knew I needed to do it. And it was, it was a very extensive process, very thorough to, to get your license. So a lot of stuff you just got to know. And then the standing joke is always that they teach you everything in that class, but none of it applies to the real world real estate life at all. None of it. I mean, I probably used a handful of things for as much as hours I put in, you know, it just pretty much gets you to pass the, you know, border, you know, national realtor association or association realtors license exams. Like that's what they, like what they're, you know, materials and stuff that they want people to know about knowledge to in order to do that. So, you know, it was, and then it's, you kind of feel important because once you start once you apply for your real estate license, before you take your exam, you get all these brokers recruiting. Everyone's calling, Hey, come talk to this manager. Hey, come talk to me. Come talk to me. So you feel like an athlete, you know, you feel like everybody wants your talent, you know, mm-hmm. and even though you don't even have talent yet, you knew you're newbie, you know, like, just like what? What? <laughs> and so that kind was a, of a kind of a fun deal, process, even though I haven't I done know, right? yet. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it was just it was kind of, and then you know once you get to that you, that uh, point, you know I felt like that was the first time I really kind of went after anything like that ever. So like that sense of accomplishment was huge. You know I was just I knew we had a you know I was newly married. I mean we got our first house. There was. Um, you know, Vinny, my oldest son, um, was is always on the way. So it's like all these things were happening that I just knew I had to. I don't know. I just had to kind of tackle it. I had to. I had to do something. I had to get something rolling. I just spun the wheels for too many years. So that's why I think I had a lot of momentum behind me um, to really drive and push through and still stay relevant. What was the what was the gap between high school and, and this? Uh, I would probably say nine years. It's, it's an roughly. interesting fact because it's, I, I would, I love the idea of waiting. I love the idea of apprenticeships and fellowships and, and doing something that isn't college or a university. Um, right. Right, out of, right out of the shoot because I feel like going to those is making the decision. Like you're making the decision that your life is going to be whatever your degree path is. And the, and the problem inherent <laughs> with that is you're so young and you have the ability to change your path 
you know, and so you're going there and you have people that are degree hopping, trying to figure out like, Oh, this sounds really good. I'm interested in that. Oh, like how much more beneficial would it be for like, Oh, I'm interested in accounting. Let me, let me intern with this place for six months and be like, Oh wow. Accounting's awful. You know, yeah. like, I have no interest in this whatsoever. It is not fulfilling or this is the bee's knees, you know, like I definitely want to run with it. And then you have real hands on experience um, and that's what you're trading your time for instead of trading your time for money. And, and it's the idea that working multiple jobs at a young age is like not acceptable. You know, like, no, yes. you should, you should be able to go to college, get a degree and then go out and like, that's the way it was when our parents were our age. Mm-hmm. But, and that's why they pushed it so hard on us because they knew that the people that went to college then were the ones getting the best paid jobs. Now, it's so saturated. What do you do? And so when you have that, that's why I asked how long it was, because when you have that gap time, you have that time to, to get to know yourself. And, and, and once you find that thing that you're ready to put your yourself into, you know yourself well enough and you have a bearing that's like, I'm, I want this, you know, like, it's not like, Oh, maybe that would be nice. Like, no, no, no. I'm willing to go through the hurt and willing to exceed the pain that's there and the obstacles that are there in order to get to the other side. That makes a hundred percent sense. Like, like I, I think like kids, I'm, you know, at this day and age, when I see how the world's evolving and opportunities that are there, college, like you said, is not the only route to get anywhere. You know, I, I know, you know, my wife's in education, so she's a teacher. So I know she kind of had, she went to college, you know, got, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bachelor's degree and all that stuff, but I never really did. You know, I tried Metro out for a little bit prior to the real estate stuff. And it, I, I've had the same feeling, you know, that was, I think I was more like, it's about a year before I tackled, before I went into the real estate stuff. So I tried the college at that point just cause I was like, man, I gotta do something, you know, I'm, I'm getting in late mid to later twenties. Like I gotta, you know, it's time to, you know, kind of grow up a bit. And, you know, for men, that's just a funky time anyway. Like you don't have anything yet. You haven't established anything yet. You're still developing, you know, your mind's still kind of developing and you don't, your everything is still kind of your personality and everything is all kind of coming in. And then, I mean, you're 20 early 20s you're moving out on your own usually for the first time with buddies bar hopping you just you're just not in the right headspace no, no. <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta kind of go through that before you know at least my situation yeah um, and it's you know, in a sense it's the the interesting i'm glad that you you said it and you said it like that like you kind of got to go through it there's there's a yeah. developmental aspect to things where while i wish that there were things that I could tell the 21 year old version of me <laughs> if I would have told, oh, yeah. <laughs> if I would have told the 20 year old version of me that, Hey, you're going to join the army. You're going to be in for 11 and a half years. You're going to be promoted as fast as humanly possible. And then you're going to get out and you're going to be given uh, a job opportunity for uh, an IT company based out of London with other opportunities coming from NFL teams. I don't, I would have laughed <laughs> heartily in your face. <laughs> but the, like, but so what do, what do you think was your, that, what do you think drew, put you on that trajectory? Like well, what, what happened? Was the military it's, that, it's what, so did that? crazy that it's, 
it's a series of circumstances, like fate and circumstances, right? That's, I would have never done half of the things that I did had I not just kind of coincidentally gone into them. Like I've always had a good work ethic about me. Like I've always shown up on time, worked hard, stayed late until the job was done. You know, and that's, that, that is something that I will attribute to uh, great parenting, you know, and, and, and by that, I don't even mean like, they never said, this is what matters. This is what's important. Like you need to do this when you, when you show up to a job, it was more like they just did it. That's what they did with everything that they did. They, they learn on their own. They figured it out. They build an addition onto the house. They would work their asses off at work. And, and then, you know, I, it just, it just gets ingrained in you. And so no matter where I went, whether it was Lansky's making Philly cheesesteak sandwiches that, you know, uh, the best, they're still the best, by the way, <laughs> there's a good plug to Lansky. It was, yeah. Yeah, man, we love you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Go, go try one. Go try um, one. and so, so that, that's been a, one of the skills or, or, you know, things that I had in my back pocket that would give me a, a competitive advantage, no matter where I went is that right. I, I would typically work harder than the people around me. Um, and there well, was that's good. I mean, that resonates well. Yeah. I mean, there, well, the thing is there's satisfaction that comes from it. And that's, that's one of the things that I think people get really lost on is the, um, like we as a society want to say being selfish is bad. You need to be caring and giving an, an outward, uh, you know, focus outward to take care of like the community and everyone else. And I agree. Like, I think that there's a, there's a delineation that needs to be made between being self-interested and being selfish. And where Very I draw true. the line is self-interest is if I'm donating to charity and it, I'm doing it because it makes me feel good. If I'm doing, if I'm helping build a, a home for disabled vets, I'm doing it because I'm working with other people and it's fun and it's enjoyable. And I'm, and I'm doing something that's really helpful to somebody else. Like I'm, I'm deriving a lot of pleasure out of that. Right. The in state of it is very, is a very positive out outcome. Selfishness is the way that I see it is like, you're stepping on people to get what you want. You know, like you're still, you're going off of the things that you're interested in, but it's, I will use people, um, you know, to whatever end that I need in order to accomplish my goals. And so if we, if we allow ourselves to acknowledge the fact that being self-interested is what makes the world go round because we're human beings, you know? Right. It's, yeah. I, I mean, it's nature. You, can you have to accept have that people aspect. for who we are. Absolutely. Know? I mean, I, I 100% agree. Like, it's just, in being, a, I think accountability is huge. It's often... Um, not How much better are you with, with your wife? How much better are you at being a husband, at being a father, because Danielle's there? Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, you have, you just kind of work off of each other as best as you possibly can. So, you know, what one person may lag, the other person can bring up, you know, there's, 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 there's peaks and valleys to it all, you know, some days, like, you got to handle this, you know, <laughs> you know, you just kind of you kind of figure it out as you go, you know, there's no set down like, okay, this, 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 that's in your bucket, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like when you, when you do that, it's like you're building up the, all of the necessary ingredients to build resentment. 
and resentment. Oh, for sure. Like the it's the ultimate uh like oil and water to like love, you know? And so when yes. when that's there, like you can't have both in the same place at the same time. And so right. as you add more and more ingredients that build up that resentment and they push the water that is love out of the way in your relationship, like that's that's when you see the things just build up over time. You know, you have to establish that communication and and what you were saying, like the flexibility, the mental flexibility to be like, hey, you know what? Um, today I'll do the laundry, you know, and and I'll I'll, I'll cook dinner and, and do the dishes because I've seen even though I'm there are days when I'm you know work full day, and then you're like and you want to come home and and you know you see that your significant other is having just a hell of a day with the kids. And you're like, I had a hell of a day too, but you've been here having a hell of a day (laughs) going anywhere, you know? Right. Right. That's, (laughs) that's been that. And I've, I've, I've learned to read that. Yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly it. You learn it because man, are we awful at it. (laughs) Oh, geez. It's, it's a lot of trial by fire (laughs) where, you know, I shouldn't have said that, I, you know, or I shouldn't have done it that way. So yep. you, and you, you'll find out real quick, you know, yeah. real, real quick. Um, so, you know, I try as best I can, you know, she's been able to stay home with the kids since, you know, Vinny was small and he's, That's I think it's been just, it's just about a year less than I've been in real estate that she's been home because wow. I can still keep my full-time job. They allowed me to work from home uh, years ago. So I could still balance that and do real estate because Ideal, you know, mainly like that clientele or that volume's not there until weekends, evenings, you know, when I'm not working anyway, you know. Right. Plus, you know, commission, straight commission based jobs are a little, they're a little hard to wrap your head around when you have a family. That's, um, that was, um, that was actually the, one of the initial spurs for me joining the army was I was a mechanic yeah. working at Volkswagen and it was during. Oh, is that what you did before that? Yep. Oh, man. And I was, uh, it was 2008, 2009. It was the recession and oh, geez. Yeah. people were coming in and then they weren't. I, and, and we were required to be there and we were, we were working, uh, it's a commission style called flat rate. So it's per job, mm-hmm. the job comes in, you get paid a certain, like they do it by tenths of an hour. And so, you know, an oh, oil change right. would be three tenths of an hour, you know, an engine swap out would be like four and a half hours, depending on the vehicle. And so, so, I mean, on, on good weeks with good jobs, you could, you could earn a hundred hours and work 40 and on terrible weeks, you could work 40 and get 20. Oh yeah. And so, and that's where, that's where it was week after week and month after month of, of the 40, 50 hour work weeks at the 25, 30 hour earning rate. And so that's what kind of spurred, it didn't spur the army, but it spurred the need for change. And then there was right. the acknowledgement of, I don't have a lot of skills outside of this. And, and I'm working at a dealership, you know, like there's not a, there's not another place that I'm going to be able to go to. That's like, Hey, we're just crushing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Our model is way better than it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, we overcome recessions over here. <laughs> yeah. It's that new, it's that new dealership. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so so going back, so you you had prepped, uh, and you had studied for for your exam, and you went in and you and you you nailed it, and then you're getting all these calls from these brokers. So what what happens at that point? How do you, 
make the decision? Did you, did you go with a particular one or like, I don't even know how that works. Yeah. You pretty much, uh, it's very like, I can relate to athletics because like you really do meet with somebody and you kind of, uh, so I gave everybody a shot, all the, all the brokers around town, you know, you would first meet, if it was a bigger broker that had like multiple offices, um, you would kind of meet with their corporate and then they would say, they would kind of, I guess, be the first interview to find out like which office you might fit at. So I went with NP Dodge, which is a local broker here. Um, they're one of the top brokers in this market. So I felt good about that. They had an office in Bellevue. I clicked with the manager pretty well. So then you sign like a letter of intent. <laughs> so it's like, hey, if I get my license, I'm letting you guys know I'm going to, you know, be on your on your team. And then, you know, you pass it, you go to them, then they get your results and then boom, you're a realtor. And they the brokers hold your license. I, like I have never seen my license. They, oh, they wow. hold licenses at the brokerage because you, you can't conduct they have it set up to where you can't conduct real estate unless it goes through the broker. So any kind of transaction, any real estate dealings has to go through the brokerage. Um, Cause I'm essentially an independent contractor, but okay. that's how, that's how they, that's about the best way to put it. Um, so I'm not an employee of them, but I use their brand, their office spaces and all that kind of stuff sure. in order to conduct my business. So it's set up like that. Then you get like commission splits. You have, you know, fees and dues that are you know associated with it to maintain um, your your access yep. essentially your your association with their brand yep yep um but i mean they're they're great to work for i mean yeah. they really they go all you know they're always looking out trying to make you better they have a lot of and that's what i think kind of spurred this whole development thing getting into that industry because you have to develop skills that you may not know you don't have and I love it. I love what that industry brings. It, it, you know, it's not even, it was about the money, you know, for me a lot because I'm like, man, I got to hammer paychecks. I got to figure out how to do it. I need money to come in because I got to offset my wife's income. I'm not making a lot of my, you know, day job. I could, but I don't want to, I don't want to struggle as much as we could. So, you know, it was, I developed great swimming skills. <laughs> uh, so I, I just dove right in, you know, uh, it was a struggle at first cause you're trying to learn the job and there's a lot of stuff I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how a deal goes together. I don't know how the paperwork gets drawn up. I don't know nothing, man. Like I have a license and you guys are <laughs> like you, said, you go through this whole course and they teach you all this stuff and now you're not ready to sell a house. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I have no idea how to set up a showing. I have no idea how to write a contract. I have no idea what, what I'm doing. And you know, Luckily, you know, my first few clients, there's a lot of growing pains there. A lot of mistakes were made and I learned from them. I think that just had to happen. But I'm fortunate they were people close enough to me to kind of understand. And, you know, they gave me a pass, so to speak. And they've been repeat, they've been repeat customers. You know, they've, oh, wow. they've, they've come back, you know, with any questions. Um, and it's all worked out pretty well. So, so, so day one, day, what does day <laughs> one look like when you, when you find, you sign the dotted line, you should like, you're, do you work in their office in a, in a brokerage office or how did, how did that work? Yeah. I mean, I have space there, you know, a okay. lot of times you get a shared office, you know, all the top producers people, you know, that do it full time. You know, I, I've kind of, I call it part time, you know, or three quarter time because mm-hmm. 
I still do maintain, you know, employment, but I've also can build, have built my business. But, you know, a lot of times there's some of the officers are, you know, designated for people who've been there 20 years, you know, sure. that have just have, you know, they, they're just ingrained in it. So that's kind of how that works. But I do have space to utilize conference rooms and things like that. That's great. Um, you know, they put on a lot of great events every year too that can kind of get client involvement, you know, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of where, but day one, it's like, <laughs> you don't know, you just like your first day of high school, man. Like yeah. you just, your eyes are all big. You're just like, you see all the stuff you're trying to absorb. Um, and then I finally, you know, I peeled back the layers, you know, over time. And I just like to be trained. I don't like to be a transactional agent is what they call it, where it's like, okay, I'll throw an advertisement up. I'll get calls off of it. Boom, boom. Okay. Shake your hand. Deal's done. And then it's finished. I started to get the method of um, working by referral and referral based business to where you're putting that time, energy and dollars into developing actual relationships with people rather than chasing a sale. So I just have seen that just translate into my life, like just how I interact with people. You know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to engage with you. And if it leads to that, great. But if it doesn't, hey, then it leads to something maybe we can chat about or grow from or experiences mm-hmm. and things like that, you know. So I think I do put that uh, going into that uh, decision and that industry has really ramped that up for me. Yeah, no, that's I think that that's um... It's interesting that there's there's this untapped potential. It seems like a lot of people are actually worried about or concerned about what it looks like if they ask for referrals when that is yeah. the, uh, the number one way, especially in an industry such as yours where it's, I mean, this is the biggest, oftentimes for people like the largest financial investment or decision that they're going to make in their lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and it's, there's an aspect of, I'm really curious about your take on this. I am a firm believer that, and I've said it on the show a thousand times that we are emotional beings and we will make decisions emotionally and then we will rationalize them logically after we make them. And the, the actual uh, analogy that I'll use or or the example more like what I'll I'll use is, is buying a house or buying a car. 90% 90% of the people that you see in the car that they have was not a, a decision that was made on, you know, market evaluations of this spec versus in this car versus this spec in the other car. It's like, when you see the car, how does it make you feel when you hear the brand? What do you associate that with? You know, like, and, and so I feel like it's the same thing with the house. Like that's why showings must be so important because when you walk in that feeling that you get, even when you show, when you pull up and you see it, what kind of emotion does that evoke? And at that point, are you starting to make justifications for any shortcomings that you're seeing because of how, because of your emotional mindset going into it already? Or are you looking to nitpick every little thing and overlook it because there was something that, that set you off from the outside? Like what, from your actual take on that on the inside, what is, what's your thoughts? I think that differs from if I'm working with a seller or buyer. So if I'm on a selling side, you're definitely trying to 
play into um you want it to be visually appealing you know so you're trying to appeal to that you know i have a good system set up to where i mean you can get this home looking fantastic you know i can buy just my trial and error and what's worked the formulas and that i've used or you know, i almost say formula but that the steps and actions i've used yeah, um, there's a method sure absolutely and you know it it'll sell like because you're 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 typically taking your home and you're making it a commodity like you're making it something that is to buy you're not and you're trying to sell what somebody can have there like like picturing their family there you know and, you know just you just kind of want to you want to highlight the great stuff about it and every home's different so mm-hmm. if you get a house you, you definitely outside outside is huge that's the first introduction and you know right now in this in this world we live in with i mean when, once you get listed you're global in minutes i mean right. it hits every it hits the local markets those then funnel into national uh, national markets, you know, Zillow's and Zillow. I mean, guys probably worldwide and then anybody can look at it, anybody. So then you have that. That's just what you have to work up against. And that's all emotional base. Like people are going to look at it. The first introduction is going to be a high definition photo. You want those to look. And that was exactly you know, like with the digital marketing that, that exists now, like, what are what is the importance how much effort and emphasis is being put into to the the photography and what what are the inch like the how do you stand out when you, from a f- online photograph perspective uh you just have to have i get i hire a great photographer that has that specializes in real estate you know photo shoots you know the big one that's come on is drones. drones I was just, footage. I just flashed my eyes. Like, I wonder <laughs> like a drone thing that get, would be used. That totally makes sense. Yep. It's just, it's kind of cool because there's even this product out there, this company, I think it's called Matterport, where you can go in, you set this thing, this camera right in the room and it will do a 360. So I'm in my own yes. personal buying decision when I go in that and I, and like when there's like the virtual tours and stuff like that, it makes it because pictures are sometimes hard to judge scale wise and everything. And so when right. you that, it kind of brings it all in. It makes it more, more real, more tangible. And the, absolutely, you know, that I think with the way the world kind of is, we're going to be geared towards that's going to be how showings are going to be conducted, especially during these times. Um, you know, but we can go down there again but from the buying aspect as far right, as that right. uh that was from a seller's point of view but from the buyer's aspect it's more you're trying to visually you know help them see what's there as a seller you're trying to like already do it but sometimes you can't make people do anything you know if somebody wants to do it you're like hey you have to do this this and this and this is where you'll get top dollar if you don't, you're gonna fall in this. It just kind of it all depends on what someone wants to do. So if they can't do it, or if I walk into some place, I try to help people envision. But heck, you don't know. They could have got into a fight about something, and one of them's in a pissed off mood. <laughs> They're exactly. just gonna nitpick everything. And so you kind of got one at a at a different point, and one at another point. And you know, I just that's when I just kind of you know, take a step back and, <laughs> and let them hash out whatever it is in the car ride home. But 
um, so yeah, that's kind of, I, I think ideally it's, it comes on the listing itself, you know, as much as for someone I'm working with, I'm going to try and really hit that home. Look, the more you do this, the more things on this checkbox you, you know, can take care of the better outcome you're going to have, you know, especially now, you know, I, I know and like a vacant home, those are tough. Those can be tough because there's nothing in there and it's a blank canvas and it's hard for people to visualize stuff like how room furniture can be set up or stuff on the walls. If it's just, and plus with that, you know, my, for anybody listening that wants to put your house up, it's vacant. People will look at it way closer. They'll look at the nitpicky things. They'll, they'll, because that's what your eye is going to catch. Nothing's there for them to see, but blankness like there's <laughs> just nothing it's there empty, so right so be prepared if you ever if, if you're you know i understand sometimes circumstances you know if you move out or you know like in your case you can probably relate if you get assigned somewhere else you have oh, to yeah. go it's things go with you you yeah, know we had a hell of a turnaround because when i got stationed at uh at belvoir i was actually working i was stationed <laughs> at belvoir but we were working on quantico and it was supposed to be a two year tour and then they shifted it and they were like, Hey, if you want to stay here longer, you can just sign this paperwork. And then I was like, I, it was on the, right here on the data line. Yeah. Well, and it was, <laughs> it was an amazing job. It was like, I was working with the, uh, the army's equivalent of secret service, you know, I was traveling around the world and seeing all these amazing things, working on these missions that like, that were brand new to the army from the intelligence perspective. And so it was, it was, a, it was a hell of a job. It was actually where I met my wife and, uh, um, oh, nice. yeah, it was, oh, I was just, and I, and I was really, really, really good at it. Everyone else was so <laughs> in the old way of doing intelligence, the, the traditional, you know, fight fighting force element. And I was a new transition into it where I, I was just more of a wet sponge for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, when then it turned, so I signed the dotted line. I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do three years. And then it turned around at um, 19 months there. They're like, oh, hey, you just came down on orders. You got to go. And I was like, wow. Oh. And we bought, we bought under the premise that it was two years and now extending to three, you know, and so we bought a home and that was. Oh, man. At, it, it was probably at that point in my life that was like the most stressful time that I that I had ever gone through. We we sold, we listed and sold our house within thirty eight days. Oh my gosh! I it was and it was it was a mess. It was a hot mess. Like that sounds like <laughs> awesome and incredible. Like no, no, it was it was awful. Movie you know is the biggest point? stressful thing ever. This, this is this is this is how I know that there are so much emotions involved in this process because yeah they <laughs> held off the people who ended up buying the house held off didn't would not sign the final doc like they'd already moved they were moving their stuff in but they like they, you know you do that move in inspection like you actually show up and and then you sign yeah. like okay I'm here and we're good like everything that you said that was going to be here is here one thing that we didn't say and it was never specified one way or the other is that we had a Google Nest thermostat there those are a biggie we, we took mm. it we took it out and we installed the house one back in and they showed up and they they wouldn't sign it was it's a, oh. it's a, it was this is northern virginia the house was 
$350,000. The thermostat, $200. (laughs) They would not sign the dotted line because of that expectation, because they saw it and that was like, that was part of what made the home the home was, was that was part of it. And so like, because there's no way you're looking at that financially and and completely logically and saying, no, I will not <laughs> on principle. <laughs> I've I've been on both sides of that before. And when one person's expecting things to be there and then they're not there and just like, yeah. oh, you know, fortunately, no one's made a big stink like that. They just kind yeah. of accepted it. Um, but oh, and it was it was a it was a mess because we had to get the we had to get it back to them. But we like the the time that it was going to take for us, we were moving, you know? And so yeah. we were moving in what and we were do? closing on a new house in Georgia. And so, uh, so it was like, we were trying to find a way to just ship it up to him and it ended up being easiest and fastest to just, to just buy one on Amazon and just have it shipped there. And then the real estate oh my gosh. was there and he was like, he's like, I'll install it, you know? And so he, that's exactly what happened. Gosh. Oh gosh. <sighs> Yeah, it just whatever you got to do to smooth yep. things over. At that point, you know, that closing day can be like you're saying. There's there's a lot of emotions, you know. Even on my own house, you know, that we moved since then. You know, we moved into the family's house. You know, your cousin. <laughs> we bought their house. They were going to sell it, and we were. I looked at him like, well, we should just buy it. But even that decision from like me. I've never sold a ha- my own house before. I've bought in the house, but selling, I knew what to do to get top dollar. You know, that was no, no problem. It was just, there's a lot that goes into it because I got a newfound appreciation. I think having gone through that for how understanding like the emotions that can come from that, because it's stressful. You're boxing stuff up. You're trying to line dates. You know, if one person here has to move out, the dominoes have to fall. You know, if this closing happens, you just, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts. And, yes. you know, it was, I felt like even more pressure because all lies are on me. Like you're the expert right. on both ends. And like, so whatever I had to go through and do, you know, I, I pulled it off, you know, we, we made it work and, you know, it, it, we're happy with it. It just, you know, she was newly pregnant at the time. So like, that's an added thing to it. Well, that's, I, mean, I think that's, a, that's an, honestly, it's a beautiful segue into what we had talked about right off the start, which is the, yeah. that work-life balance. Like how, sure. how, so you do this, you do real estate then and in the evenings and on the weekend. Yeah. When I have clients, um, you know, a lot of it being referral based, I'm actively just trying to stay connected with people. You know, it's, you know, for me personally, like just how it's gone down, it's, it it hasn't been a great year (laughs) just with everything that's been going on. Sure. You know, from the business perspective, you know, it's, that's kind of where I've been at, you know, I had a closing that was in February and a lot of talks, a lot of people gearing up for a great busy summer season and, you know, COVID hits, industry changes. Um, People still are actively doing it but a lot of the people i was working with have been just taking a pause to find out what's going to go down you know like you said you're 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 walking into the biggest financial decision of your life mostly and 
if you don't know if you have a job because it may, who never knows when those may shut down or cut back or if it even exists because of uh, the market, you know, that's, that's a big decision for people to just say, I'm just going to play safe where we're at right now. Yeah. So, but it just, I'm still learning and I'm trying, you know, figuring it out along the way. It's just, I look at it, you know, I was really kind of, I was nervous because it's like, that's income that, we've kind of become accustomed to or relied on to some extent, you know, at least a certain amount I knew I, could, I was going to get, you know, like it may not mm-hmm. be my best year, but okay. I know kind of what my history has been on to comfortably like, okay, I know I can probably get, I'll probably land at this amount and I'll be okay with it. But you know, the, the stimulus helped, um, you know, somewhat we, <laughs> we actually did smart, something smart with that. We refinanced our house with it, which lowered our payment took thousands of dollars off long-term, you know, got a great rate. So, you know, we were able to use stuff wisely and we've, you know, Danielle's been really good about that too. You know, very good about, we both are very on the same team unspokenly about how our finances can kind of go, you know, we're never like, none of us are like really loose spenders. You know, we do have our moments here and there, but Mm -hmm. long-term I think, long-term what's what's the biggest thing we can do right now and if i can pay use a stimulus and i get a little kickback from my escrows from my old house closing out i mean i'm i think i did the math it was like forty nine thousand dollars that i saved over the life of the loan just by refinancing plus my because my payment goes down like 135 bucks a month and i get pmi off there so i mean all the all the things pointed to a win so you know, we're doing things like that just to make sure and maintain our Yeah, know, no, I home. mean, yeah. reinvesting in yourself and, and looking at looking at life from that perspective of of how many people you know went out and, and blew their stimulus check, you know, <laughs> bought bought the bought the new TV or you know whatever the case may be. It's uh, I think it, alcohol it, consumption. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. A- there are some cases of liquor in the garage, but how many cornhole, you know, games were created? And yes, purchased <laughs> beers. Oh I get it. I get it. I, yeah. you know, so that's where that's 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 kind of been, you know. I know we we actually, you know, kind of to talk on that briefly before we got married, we we kind of were, you know, trying to figure out through our engagement process, like okay. What, 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 what do we both expect kind of, you know, you know, not expect, but kind of how do we set ourselves up for the things that may tear us down that we don't even know about, you know, like, cause who knows, like we know we've never been married before. Like who knows what can arise in, in that relationship, you know, you know, no one never really knows. And, you know, so we had this like a group of friends of ours at the time that we was, it was like a biblical based spiritual based like group. It was called, uh, song of solomon so it was like a part in the bible where it just talks about relationships and like of course it's in the king james so you got to kind of decipher it and like this this pastor kind of led it through these videos um so it gave us a good foundation on just kind of how to be you know what how to kind of walk into it without you know, some of the traps that could be there, whether it be finances, like you're saying with the resentment thing, trying, they call it foxes in the vineyard, where these little foxes are scrambling all over the place. And 
you're trying to kick those fools out because that can destroy it by just these little tiny things, like you're saying. Yeah, 5,000 cuts kind of thing. Yes, can just push the stuff out that is important, you know, and we're not perfect by any means, but, you know, we try to still come back to that basis when you add more children to it and they're small. It's it's taxing on your on your relationship at times, you know, but... everything you think about think about all of the different types of stress that 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 puts on it's it's every it's every stress that we can essentially endure as a as a human like lack of sleep you know um, (laughs) that's huge (laughs) sleep that in and of itself is sets can can change the entire course of the day you think about the the decisions that i i remember i went hard on a intermittent fasting and keto diet for a year and it was i got lean and cut and it was ridiculous but i'll tell you what the hardest days to stay on it it was never it was never difficult it was for me i don't know why it just it happened at the right time it clicked and my body just fell right into it but the only times that it came up as an issue was when i didn't get good sleep Oh man. And I would instantly be more inclined to be, to make worse decisions about everything. Like it was like, Oh, I don't care. It's just be easier if I just went over and just grabbed some food on the way home. <laughs> I don't want to cook. I was just not in the mood, you know? Yeah. There's something that happens. I, you know, we, our kids are, are young ones. I mean, they're getting better, but the sleep was huge. Like it, it's, you know, on her because, like I can go into a job world or a job space. She, she has, she's on it full time. You know, once she gets up, you know, I jump in, you know, it's, it's very fortunate working from home. I've been able to kind of go and I'll take the kids for a walk, you know, just, I see things. It's, it's kind of, we're trying to, we're just trying to navigate through it. And that's where we get the balance from is just giving each other breaks they need and, you know, figuring out, like you said, read the room, like know what's going on <laughs> to know, you know, where, where you need to go or, or what needs to happen. You know, I'm, I, there's a, it's a lot of day to day, but sleep is huge. I don't think people talk about it as much. I remember when I was younger, I was like, Oh, I can get by five hours going to the bar. No problem. Yep. I can coach the day. Now it's like, no, you have like real life responsibilities of maintaining a job. And then, Kids see, kids see you. They see you more than they hear you. <laughs> and yes, they you know, do. That's what you're going back to. You're like your work ethic. You saw it happening. You saw it. You weren't told. You just saw it. And I'm just trying to instill that in my children of like, don't be a lazy ass. Like, mm-hmm. don't, I mean, do something. Yeah, you can have TV time. I understand technology is there. But, yeah. you know, there's so many things you can keep your mind occupied with. How much, valuable. how much value does it put in when, when your kid is seeing you that your that your go to at the end of the day is not sitting down with a beer behind the TV. That that's not right. like the pattern isn't there. Like yeah, right. no, it happens on the weekend. You sit down and watch the game, or you know whatever the case may be. But when when the, it's not there as a as a standard, like oh, this is this is how life works. Yeah, like you got to enjoy going, the uncomfortable, the uncomfortableness. Right. You have to like that. I like it things when they're hard. I like them. I like it when it's hard and challenging because there was, I don't know why this stuck with me, but there was, I was listening to like the guy, the real estate world, like introduced me to this guy named Brian Buffini 
And I just start listening to all this stuff because he's super successful, but he talks about the whole, you know, referral based stuff and how just to, just to talk to people, like, don't be a salesman, like just be a human, you know? Yeah. And there's this guy he had on there. His name was Les Brown. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's like, do what's easy and life will be hard. You do what's hard. Life will be easy. Which means I, my translation is like, yeah, if you do all the easy stuff, you're going to be hard when anything comes up. But if you sharpen your mind to tackle the hard stuff, you would already like mentally be there. Like you're already like, it won't, it won't phase you because you know how to like persevere through determination, motivation, all that stuff's kind of ingrained instead of like, Oh my gosh, I lost my job. What am I going to do? Like you start freaking out, like, because this will at least give you, I think the confidence to push forward through a lot of stuff. Um, you know, the, I try to actively show my kids that, you know, like, just continue to go, you know, you have energy to, to life, you know, there's energy to life and you can, when you have that, you can spread it around, you know, like it can become a good environment for, for them to be around and produce good people. You know, you know, if you come from seeing that, I mean, what, what it gives them hope, I guess <laughs> you could say a sense of hope to kind of, to just achieve, you know, just, I want to become the best human I possibly can. And, I'm not going to be do that overnight. It's, it's progression. Right. And I mean, and it's, it's a, it's an, the best human that you can be is a, is a good way to phrase it because you'll never be the perfect one. Right. And, but your kid for, for both your, your personal sanity and also for the, the, what I feel is the, the best modeled behavior is you pursuing the things with great vigor that you love and are passionate about and whether that be your your wife their mom you know them seeing the way that you you and you embrace each other and the way that you love yeah. each other and and that even though you fight you guys find a way to make up and and love even harder after it the way that you are with your profession yep. like oh like He's out there and, and look at all these people that dad talks to and, and, and how does it, how does he know all of these? Oh, it's people that he's <laughs> yeah. developed relationships with for sure through for sure. work, you know, because that's, like that's, that's when you, when you think about sales, like we even, I think I even, <clears throat> like, it, it's a hard thing and I, I'm, I've just entered into the sales world. And so it's very interesting when you talk with people and you tell them that your, your position is based around selling things and like there's this this negative cast towards it because you're a fast of, talker yeah, yeah <laughs> you're something because, like that yeah yes. slick tongue silver tongue you know like uh <laughs> and trying to take advantage of people and or the what's best, that called snake oil salesman yep, i think that's what i've always yep. i hear that all the time i'm like no that's not what i'm doing i swear yeah. to god like i'm trying to help you I'm try- i look more of it i've got I've, Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, 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 go, like, please. I look more of it as when people are talking about salesmen. I look at it as like I'm trying to coach you in something. I try to get, I try to head it from a coaching perspective than like a sales. Yeah, like like consulting. Yeah, consulting, coaching, whatever. How I mean, that's all kind of that. Not salesman. Not like because I think we all sell something, whether we that's, realize that's, it or not. That was exactly you know? my point. That was exactly what I was going to say. Is that we're we're all salesmen. And whether For it's, sure. I, I'm trying to convince my wife of where we want to eat dinner tonight, I'm going to yeah. try to sell her on it. 
You know, put your pitch together, you know, exactly. (laughs) And the better your pitch is. And the thing is like you, if you really sat there and extrapolated that specific situation and you thought about like, if you wanted to, if you really wanted to go somewhere and you created your best pitch, everything that went into that is exactly what goes into anybody that's selling to anybody ever. And it's in that is probably the most selfish kind of selling that's ever going to happen. So I'm trying to convince you to go somewhere that I want to go for real salesmen. Like you're not, while you're selling to make a commission, you're providing your, your, the way that we talk about it is that you're guiding somebody through a buying decision. It's not that we're selling you. It's like, you're already in the place where you're going to buy something. And so we're trying to assist you to do that in a way that's the most beneficial. And the, one of the first things that I'll say to any client that I'm working with is if, if I come to a point where I see that this isn't right for you, I will tell you because I'm not interested in wasting your time or my time when I know that there are people out there that will benefit from it. And we see that it's just not a right fit, you know? And so, yeah, and that's, cause that, that's, if that goes, yeah. Cause if they, like, that's your, that's mine too. Like that's your job. Point out some of the things that I feel about that too, because therefore, cause guess what? Years down the road, let's say they hate the house. Who are they going to blame? <laughs> not their, not their decision. They're going to blame me if I coerce them. If if I if I operate that way, that's why I right. I'm all about. I'll give you all the facts you want. I'll give you all the resources you need. I'm going to let you make the good decision because the the most loaded question I get as a realtor is like, well, what do you think it's worth? Or <laughs> well, if 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 you were, if if you were buying this house, what would you say or what would you ask for? It's like. I can't answer that question. I can, but I can't yeah. answer that for you. Right. Like, here's what, yes, here's what I would do. I would, you know, hit on some of the highlights of things that are long-term important, you know, like, like the nest, for example, <laughs> or the Google thing you had, I would say, okay, babe, but how's the furnace? The furnace could be 30 years old on its last leg and you're going to complain about a nest. Like, that's where I would try to steer somebody to what the big picture or mm-hmm. do you understand? Oh, sorry. My phone just tipped over. <laughs> I got a little excited. Hit the desk. <laughs> hard. Um, so that's what I mean. Like uh, that's my job, I think to advise and coach them like that. So, I mean, sales is it's its own thing. You know, there's, there's a good thing. If you're in sales, um, it's kind of old. It's an old listen, but it's a guy, his name is Earl Nightingale. Oh yeah. And, have you heard his strangest secret speech or his? Oh uh, no, there's there's a quote that I use that I reference back to him on the regular, but it's it's not on this topic. So please, it's uh, it's I would go listen to it. Anybody who's thinking about getting into sales or even just development as a whole, because you yourself are your own salesman. You know, no matter what, like you're saying, you don't have to be in sales. Like you can be. You just, if you try to talk to somebody about anything that is your idea or inspirational, you're trying to sell them on it, on the benefits of it, you know, and I like to keep the positive connotations, not the negative ones. <laughs> your salesman, oh no, I'm a real estate coach. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm an advisor. That's what I would say, you know? Yeah, but, no, it's, it's interesting the ways that we try to overcome it by, by reframing, uh, you know, and, and trying to meet people with where they're at. I think, I think the, the best approach that I've seen is just uh, an excess of honesty an excess of transparency. Sure. That's just transparency. Like, Absolutely. Like, listen, this isn't a poker game. 
mm-hmm. know, like, I'm not, I'm not here holding cards close to my chest. I, I ask that you, you don't do the same, you know, and I, I will be yep. as transparent as absolutely possible with you during the entire process. And I'll start by doing this and being able to show them that like, I'll go out on a limb yep. you know, and make myself vulnerable. Uh, and I think that that can open up the the possibility to good relationships and build that little bit of trust. Cause that's, that seems to be one of the, the probably the singular most important aspect to really kind of life in general and success is, is being able to rapidly establish trust with people that don't know you. Yeah. People can see you. People can see you're full of shit. I just think they can. I yeah. really think that that is something ingrained in people where they, they know, they know that, you're just talking like, you know, like they, they understand like that you don't have a genuine interest. And, you know, my thing is like, I try to have a genuine interest and find a common ground with anybody I talk to anybody because it exists. It, it, you can connect on so many different, I can just by advancing and, and growing your mind like that and your abilities to, you know, whatever skills you can unlock, like you just level up. <laughs> you just kind well, of level up as you go a big part about that of being able to to empathize uh and relate to people to a point where you can where you can relate like that is yeah i think a, a huge part of that is is the introspection that you have with yourself you know oh, for sure you're able to sit down and and really look at the decisions that you made and the different areas that you've been in in life and and take the time to to reflect on it like oh okay this this is what happened and trying to look at it from like a third party's perspective of, of the events, mm-hmm. like the way that you acted in situations and just to understand, not to judge yourself, but to just to, just to look at it, just to gain more understanding of who you are, because then as you're leveling up, you know, then you don't lose sight. You don't forget who you were. And in the in the way because as you as you move on if you forget those things your ability to relate to people that are going through them at at a time when you meet them and you're not on the same level like you're gonna have a really hard time doing that we we have we have what's what's the rate now even now i believe it was as of maybe it's not 2020 maybe it was 2019 there were 900 and 47 millionaires, new money millionaires created every day, every <laughs> single day. And they're like, and insane. it's insane. And so, I mean, you think about these are, these are people to your left and right, you know, yeah. and, and, and as you, as you're leveling up and it's in that particular instance, like think about your ability. Cause it's not a, it's not a zero sum game, no. you know? And so your ability to, to relate, to people and especially when that's probably part of your job like if you're in sales and you're starting to do really well if you lose sight of who you're with in any job if you're doing any sort of customer facing actions you lose your ability to communicate with people if you if you lose that introspection oh for sure like i you have to do the status checks all the time you know and that's just i think that's just part i think that's an acquired skill you know um that I failed that I, I didn't have that. Like I, it's so crazy. Like how, once you get into, you know, I'm almost pushing 40. So once you kind of get into those, you know, every decade or so you're going to kind of go through different growth spurts throughout life, just with what life brings, you know, now you kind now you're, I'm in the mode of like, okay, I, I'm getting some equity. I have some stuff built up. I have some 
long-term things, you know, with owning a home and I have some investments I'm starting to kind of get in that, you know, cause I would love to be, you know, done in my fifties and working my own schedule and not having to even all that's, that's a different conversation. <laughs> I'd rather be working for myself more. So I'm trying to take all my knowledge I have with this title and real estate and all this kind of stuff and try to encompass it in something that I can kind of launch for, for me. That's mine. You know, well, that that's the beautiful do. thing is that like <clears throat> nobody else has had your experiences. And, I don't think so. And I don't. you know, like, and that's true for every single person and yeah. every person that knows less than you do about your whatever area. And this is for you specifically for me forever, for any person out there, any person that knows less about what you do than what you know, you, if you position yourself, you can be the subject matter expert that helps launch them to get them to that point. As I'm a huge fan of, of information businesses. That's what I'm, that's what I'm launching. I'm building training programs right now, you know, and it's, nice. it's for, it's in that same exact thought. Like I've had professional resilience based training, you know, that I've gone through and I've gone through years of, of facilitating that training. And now I can take that plus the hundreds of books that I've read, the, the research studies, the case studies that I've looked at, the way that I've implemented it in my life, the ways that I haven't implemented it in my life and have fallen flat on my face. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, that's and, the best and, teacher of all. <laughs> failure. 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 Best teacher. But that's, you know, I, mean, you can I know you had it. one like last time, but you had a failure one just not too long ago, right? Like, did you, did you, you did a, a failure episode not that long ago, right? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I thought, I thought there was one that I stumbled across that you were, It's one that I go back to. Or fear, fear, I guess, fear. maybe fear, fear based, you know. There's one thing that I that's what that's what failure. I mean, those are so closely interlocked. Oh my gosh! Where it's you know, I've had uh, um, you know, like people have fear of failure, right? I mean, that's that's very common. But I don't know if more. I've I've can kind of speak this a little bit. I've had some like fear of like success. Like, what if it brings me what I want? Can I handle it? You know, can I can I maintain it? Can I? Am I going to get you know? conform to that and then if you know if it's something that is fleeting you know am i worthy of it yeah like did i get this by by means yes like did i get this by legit means or did i did i somehow subconsciously do something was was, i lucky did i yeah yeah like in my core that wasn't there that maybe i wasn't aware i was doing i was being maybe dishonest and i wasn't trying to be but Mm -hmm. i obtained this and it's like you know, I, I, I've had that, that thought. I don't know. I get deep into that like, <laughs> to a fault. Like I really try to like kind of get, get out of that mindset. I'm just like really just understand like, no, I, I deserve this. I earn it. Like I, I feel like I'm confident enough that in how I operate myself that I'm not trying to get over on anybody. So, you know, whatever. It's like a universal law, you know, like I feel like whatever you kind of get, it starts coming to you you know, is put there for a reason because you've put something out into the universe to get mm-hmm. that back. Good so or bad. Good, bad, or different. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. So what, you know, that, there's... It's the, you have the... I, I don't... I don't buy into the secret as a standalone <clears throat> principle. You know, I, I think... But I do 
believe in magnetism and in, in energetic magnetism where sure if if i'm acting a certain way and i'm evoking certain emotions and i'm and, and those emotions are are creating thoughts and those thoughts are creating actions that is going to i'm either going to not let myself do that to conform with the people around me or i'm going to do it and it's going to cause a potentially cause a rift with the people around me because it's a change it's a shift and so i'm no longer group thinking with them and i think i don't there's a lot of bad talking around groupthink, but I, if you are around people that are that are pushing themselves and trying to be better, you're going to attract those people. I did it when I started the podcast without yeah. even trying, without even yeah. knowing it. You know, I was just people were like, "Hey, man, what are you doing this weekend?" I was like, "Oh, I got to roll up to Hilton Head Island because I, you know, I'm I'm, ta- I'm chatting with this with this guy." They're like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Oh, it's this doctor and he does this thing," and they're like, "Why is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's on my show," and they're like, "And." those things, it, the word spread and then people would come back to me and they would, they would be like, Oh, I heard you were doing this. Um, I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying to launch this. Like my buddy launched a coffee company and I would have never known that we would have never had that conversation. Right if I was not trying to start my own thing, you know? And so that drew us together through yeah. our actions. That's big. I mean, that ripple effect, that's big, you know, Sometimes you just have to do it and you'd be surprised what kind of comes your way. Like that's, I mean, that's huge. Like I, I, even, even like when I started to actively do things, put events together or, you know, whatever, like it just seems to draw, like you're saying, it draws some, it, some attention to yourself of what you're trying to do. That's why, I mean, this, if anything, this has taught me is like, I really wanted to find a way to like you're saying, kind of get inspired by people that have done it like yourself to launch something, you know, to kind of get it rolling, get it going, you know, because I don't want to just talk about it and have somebody else come jump on and do it. Or, you know, I've, I've talked about it to a lot of people, you know, kind of my thoughts and ideas to make it happen, especially now where people, like I said, people don't have to act and walk into a home. I can be the representative to do that. You know, the technology is there um, yeah. to do it. And I have enough knowledge to get networking to plug them in. So it's, it's good. It's good to hear like stories like yours, man, where you just, you did it, you decided it. And it's just now look, now look where it's lead to leads to opens doors. You don't even know where I couldn't believe I had the, the first time I dealt with imposter syndrome was when I looked at the, the spread of the show across the world when I saw mm-hmm. the number of countries it hit because I saw the numbers were like, they're low and they're not that great. But when I saw the consistent pouring in from other countries, I, I I'm up to like 15 countries. now. Like, nice. It's, it's things I would have, if I, so I write, I, when I start the day, I have, a, I have a routine. I like to start out my day by, by future casting saying like in, in the, in the tense that it is currently the case, I project like what I want my life to look like in 10 years. So like my business, my, I'm turning away business that doesn't align with my principles because I'm financially capable of doing so, you know, uh, in, things like that. And, um, that's good for your character. Like that's just a good character, uh, benchmark. You know, you can see that as like, look, I don't have to do this because it doesn't align with this. So moving on like that's, exactly. that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge thing to be aware of for you where you're not just going, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll jump on. And I'll 
all of a sudden you get in and you're like, this really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, what I, what I get myself into. So that's, that's great to, to do that. I, I've been doing a lot more too. I, I vet a lot more, you know, instead of jumping right in impulsively. Embracing just, saying no. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it's either I'm going to say yes and then have a harder no later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, because at the end of the day, we, we do have, we only have so much time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we only have so much bandwidth. I love, I heard this analogy, like uh, of, you know, your attention span, what your ability, your ability to focus on is like bandwidth. And so you only have so much that you can, you can dedicate that bandwidth yeah. to before it gets, before you start, you know, bogging down and you're, right. the, you're losing it. And so uh, it's like, where do you want it? Where do you want to focus it? Like the, the really beautiful thing about this world is that you, and, and the world that we live in today is that you get to choose more readily and more easily than you've ever been able to before in all of human history that we know of. For sure. It's, For sure. It, you you can take your knowledge like you can take your knowledge and you can put together courses to help people get better at selling and buying homes you know for sure you, you can create something for people that are getting ready to buy a home like hey here's a, i'm going to give you a, a this is a 2 hour seminar on the things that you need to know when you're going to buy a home you know and these are the things that people are like oh my gosh like Think about right. like the investment I could make right now to get the information from this person that's inside of the industry that's going to save me tens of thousands of dollars on the back end of buying this home. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's a big thing too, where you take what you learn from people to shave time off of the process that you don't know about. You know, if I wanted to jump into something I had no idea, I'm going to go to people who have done it trial and error that taken 10 years to figure out here's a solution. Okay. I'm going to pick up right where that leaves off. So I'm going to advance that further, create a new market, create a new product or create a new something. So it's all little breadcrumbs, man. They're everywhere. You know, like success leaves clues. I've always heard that success leaves clues. You just got to look for them. And yeah, it's, there's a great one too that, uh, I was really frustrated for a while because, you know, sometimes things aren't going as well. Like you get this, you get this thing where like, okay, I got, I got a good job. Like I got my knowledge. I finally know what I'm doing. I'm confident in it. How do I, you know, how's the volume sustain that? And then I realized there was this really cool, um, really cool. I don't know why I just said really cool. There's this, uh, this kind of enlightening thing that I was just picked up on from that Buffini show because I was really actively in him because I'm like, this guy, I have to figure out how to be successful in what I'm doing because of what I'm, no one around here is going to teach me. They're all their own business. Like I have to figure it out. And this guy, you know, fortunately has a great system set up and he's talked, he talked about acres of diamonds. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so acres of diamonds is where a lot of people when they're trying to achieve something, they look all, they look outside of all these things that go across the globe. They, they do whatever worth they just realize they're sitting on right now their own acres of diamonds. All they got to do is dig below them and find who's in their life that can therefore give them those diamonds that they're looking for. You know, it, it's a good book. It's a lot of short stories like um, where it just, it talks about like, 
I mean, just for example, there's like this guy who wants to, I can't remember what he was trying to like farm for something or he, he sold all his stuff and he moved away to where he found it. And it turns out the farm that he sold for like pennies on the dollar has like the biggest, you know, mine of whatever he was trying to search for. He just didn't even think to look where he was at. So it's all like an analogy. It's a beautiful moral. Beautiful moral. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I just always am looking, okay, who do I know that I can just plug into, you know, and talk to? And, you know, it's, you know, it just, that's just how it kind of works. And here we are. Trying to like, off of anybody. Yeah, here we are. I'm not trying to mooch off anybody. I'm trying to give nuggets. I'm trying to receive them. Like, it's just a lot of back and forth of like, there that's it exists out there you know there's everyone like that in your life and you know there's certain people i can talk to this about there's certain people I can talk to that about you know you just kind of got to find where you're at and what you're trying to achieve and i just think networking with people and building relationships is you can't put a price tag on that and you shouldn't i mean it just is what it is and i, I love that about coming to that realization and like actually applying it to life like really has just giving me an internal you know like i'm I'm not always like anxious about what's going on it kind of gives you more control over your your world your environment you know because it's it comes back like you're saying decisions you're making you're taking that internal you know assessment okay what decisions am i making that is making this not work how can i take some accountability or how can i figure out if it's something that is within my control to do so that takes a huge weight off my shoulders and helps me become a better husband, father. I mean, that's, that's number one that ranks up there. I feel like you, you achieve that and get that in a good spot. It allows you to therefore pursue it and they can see, I mean, you can get a really good life, man. Like it really can be a good life. If you, if you just apply certain things and do some of the hard stuff, you know, the better days are ahead. Yeah. hundred percent. So to, uh, I'll try to end this on a nice, really, really hard note for you. Uh, <laughs> I want you to remember this so fondly. <laughs> All right. So the end of Steve's life on your deathbed, <laughs> you're looking back at your life and right. the way that you want to look back and think about it. What, what do you need to have accomplished between now and then for you to lay back with your head against the pillow and smile. I would want to see my kids being decent human beings based upon the efforts and the decisions I've made in their life to set them up for future success. Like I think about what can I leave behind for my grandkids or my great grandkids? You know, can I build something that can, that can sustain, you know, I think just, giving them a good sense of purpose, giving them a good sense of respect towards everybody else and accountability, you know, just to put them on that trajectory of how to have a good life, you know, because tomorrow's promise to nobody, you know, there's, there's a saying the days are long and years are short. And when it comes to the very end of it, you see it in the midst of it and they're absorbing everything that that you see. You know, I really would like, and it's not about, I mean, money would be, you know, I get people always like, oh, I want money. I want thousands or, or thousands, millions or other. And I'm like, you know, I'd rather just see my kids turn out to be likable people, 
the people of other people around and leashing them on the world, <laughs> not to be a problem, but to be, you know, more of a solution. And that's kind of what I think brings a lot of peace towards me, you know, just accomplishing something. I don't want to, I hope to God I'm not working a nine to five. <laughs> you know, I'm at a point to where I have some substantial wealth. You know, I'm not looking for millions and millions in the bank. You know, I think that's I'm just I looking think for something to become financial independence. You know, it's, it's, that's where yeah. my wife and I've been talking about that a lot about what freedom actually means. And I think that it means financial. Yes. I think that that's when you're financially independent, when you are solely responsible for the money that you have coming in and it's not tied to another person's business. And, and I mean, right. it's directly tied to your efforts and sales is probably the closest thing in non business ownership that gets you to that, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, when you start getting into where you're owning your own thing. But uh, when you have the ability to go where you want to go, when you want to go and, and invest where you want to invest, you know, kids education, you know, your, your time and in, in making your kids global citizens, you know, where, where they're familiar with the way that the world works instead of the way that your backyard works. You know, it's, I mean, it's priorities and just figuring out what you want. Yeah. To I think that that's great. Experiences I think are the best thing, you know, I love to get out of the house. I love just to even get out and go drive around something, go let them see things, experience things, you know, not, I mean, that's the best thing in life. And, you know, unfortunately, I, we can't really do much of traveling now. But, I mean, I want to I just show them life that I never really had an opportunity until later on when I got a little bit more established to take opportunities like that. So, you know, I, I guess it's just kind of – I just want to be looked at like I invested in people. I invested mm -hmm. in, in – I took what I can – what I know and I tried to just, you know, give it away to people in a way to where they can develop and where they can like be better and you know and just be good human beings <laughs> that's what it comes down to be happy be happy you don't have to have millions to be happy you can be a freaking billionaire and you can be miserable you can make twenty five thousand dollars a year and be the happiest guy in the world like be happy find out what makes you happy and money will come like it will come and you'll live within your means and it will give you the universe will give you what you need to achieve the goals that you want as long as you're not being a douche. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So if people wanted to... Uh, that's my big thing. You, that's, that's, and now we just, just found don't the be, of the episode. Don't be that. Don't be a douche. Yeah. <laughs> but if people wanted to get in touch with you... <laughs> yes. It's, it's less of <laughs> hashtag all day. I don't know if you want to look up those hashtags. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first word that came to mind. I don't know why. Oh, it's perfect. I was, I was trying to like to not go as vulgar, but I'm like, wait a minute, that may uh, not like not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so if if people wanted to reach out to you to either get in touch if they, if they're trying to start off in theirs and they want just want words of wisdom from somebody that's already in the game, or if they're looking sure. to buy or sell a home, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Well, you know, I know it's always like my email is always the best way. It's, you know, sbnpdodge.com. You know, I check that often. Um, I don't know if I should really give out a phone number on here, but I do have a Steve Beach realtor page um, through Facebook. That's always good to have um, for people to just reach out, shoot me a message. Um, I try to post there often. You know, I do have all of the social medias, you know, with Instagram and uh, 
you know, Twitter and stuff like that. But Perfect. Facebook seems to be what people do. I can send you those tags. Yeah, yeah, send me the in the show notes for sure. Yeah, so I mean, that's, I'd be glad to help anybody with anything, you know, any questions, I field questions all the time. Yeah, and that's and the thing is, you I know, like, doing it. it's it's likely at some point in your life that you're going to be buying a home, you're going to make that investment. And so getting, sure. getting tidbits like, advice that you're going to get now even if it's just some random questions that you have like that you you if you if it's packaged the right way you might end up holding on to it for a really long time at least as a reference like i remember steve said something about this <laughs> never know what steve said unless you reach out to steve so <laughs> absolutely and you know it's not just it's it, um you know i'm national i have people connected to referral by na- nationally globally 52 like there's i can put you in contact with people almost in market if you're not necessarily coming to nebraska but right you know anything you know i can speak to a lot and at least put you on the right path um you know i know there's a lot of questions going on there's a lot of moving parts a lot of hands out on that transaction so I'm, if i can be a beacon i will be by any means that's beautiful thanks man i appreciate it Hey, Matt, always good to talk to you, man. I hope we can talk again. Definitely. I look forward to having you back on. All right, buddy. Take it easy. You too.